This is Michael Zuber, and I just wanted to thank you for listening to my One Rental at a Time podcast. Did you know that I took the time to document the entire process I used to learn my market and actually still use today? I released it as a $199 online course via Teachable, and it is called How to Get Started One Rental at a Time. With that, you get access to my private Facebook group and can join our group mentoring calls every Saturday at 9 a.m. Pacific. You can find it on my website at onerentalatatime.com. Now on with the show. Hey everyone, it is Friday morning and you know what that means. If you follow my channel every Friday morning, we talk about some city, some metro, some MSA across the country. And we do that with my good friend at Roofstock, Emil. How you doing, buddy? I'm great. Good yeah? to see you on another Friday. Yeah, I think we've done, uh, I don't know, it must be up to seven or eight of these now, yeah? We have done, I actually have a running list. We've oh, done nice. Jacksonville, Birmingham, Indianapolis, Columbus, St. Louis, Memphis, and Cleveland. So seven, right on the mark. Seven, and we're going to do what for number eight? Detroit. So I saw Detroit in the comments from last week's video. So Very Detroit cool, folks. So if you want to think about metros, these, these range only about uh, eight to 12 minutes long. Go ahead and run through the list. We are only doing markets that Roofstock covers because that's you know where you can have inventory, run your numbers if you're following uh, my course. Uh, but let's let's uh, let's talk about Detroit. All right. So the MSA name for Detroit is Detroit Warren Dearborn Michigan. Ah. Okay. And so our, our greater MSA population for that MSA is 4.3 million, which ranks it number 14 in the country. Now, I could be wrong, but I think that's by far the biggest MSA we've done so far. I believe so. I don't I think, think we Cleveland was second at 2.1. So, yeah. Okay. Yeah. So, very large MSA. And last time you had asked for square miles. So, we could just do a little bit more of an oh, yeah. analysis from market to market. So, I was able to find that. Thank you, Wikipedia. <laughs> so, we're at 3,900 square miles for that MSA. Wow. And the reason I asked that folks, just so we can put this in context, I, I did, I've done videos about San Francisco, Vegas, and New York, trying to figure out how those three urban markets are going to come out. And I have my opinions about who comes out first, second, third, all of that. But one of the things that I was interesting to look at is San Francisco from a square miles. I don't remember exactly, but it was something like 42 square miles. Right. And then you go down to LA and it was like, I don't know, 420 square, like the scale was just 10 X. So that's why I've asked for this. And, and, and how many miles is it again? 3,900 square miles is what Wikipedia that, told me the, the MSA is. That's, that's, that's pretty big. So yeah, okay, all right, very cool. All right, and so our city population, this, we're seeing a similar, uh, it's starting to be a trend with like St. Louis and some of these other cities. So city population, 670,000. Ah, so 15% of the MSA is in the city of Detroit. Okay. Yeah. And so for, in terms of city population, Detroit ranks number 53 for just the city. That makes sense. Okay. And so our MSA population growth since 2010, according to census data, has basically remained flat up half a percentage point since 2010. Yeah. And again, in that in a decade, half a percent, you're actually probably losing people because you get that from just your, your death rate, you know, shrinking a little bit. So, okay. And the city population down 6.1%. Ooh, red flag. 
Again, I think we talked about this with Cleveland. I could be wrong. It might have been one of the other markets. I think Cleveland was down like negative 2%. Folks, there's a playlist you can go back and watch because I may be quoting it wrong. Uh, but we talked about th those are one of those numbers that it's at least a yellow or red flag because while it's declining, that's not good. But sometimes people like to invest for the comeback, right? The gentrification, you know, all of that. So I have no idea about Detroit, never looked at it, never researched it. My mom's from Farmington of all places. So I've been there once for a family vacation when I was like nine or something. So I know nothing, uh, but that would be something, right? If you're looking for cheap and you find a Detroit property and then you see population down in the city, 6%, you need to scratch that a little bit. You need, you need to poke around a little bit, I think. Yep. And, you know, maybe if you are interested in Detroit, maybe checking out, it seems like people are fleeing to maybe the suburbs and maybe that's where you want sure. to look if the city population is shrinking. Yeah, maybe. Uh, okay, so median household income, uh, according to census data from 2019, came in at 30,894. Oh, I think Cleveland was the lowest at like 31 and change. So this one's below that. So 30 grand medium I, in yeah, Detroit. Yeah, it's like there were like, Super close to one another, Cleveland yeah. and Detroit, in terms of median household income. All right. And so our, our number of units of housing stock, 816,000, according to John Burns' data. 32% mm. of that is renter occupied. Oh, so fair amount of own, fair amount of owners. I would have, mm, would I have guessed that? Yeah, I probably would have guessed in the 60s. So basically at 68%, it's running at national average. Right, that's kind of the national average, 68%, 67% owner-occupied versus not. So Detroit's running at the average. So that's, okay, that's, that's I read that as some stability, right? That's, that's how I see that. Okay. Yep. And there's still, you know, there's also the vacant homes as well. Yeah. So uh, 2020 single family permits came in. This is the lowest I've seen yet so far, 858. Dude, you do that yes, by accident. Yeah, you do that by yeah. accident. So that's not a good sign. So that just tells me builders aren't building, right? You're, you're kind of replacing every other firehouse is what, and half the people are taking their insurance check and running away, the other half are rebuilding. That's, that's how you get to 800. Right, yeah. And so that's down 3.6% year over year. <laughs> it's down 3% on 800, that's 24 homes. <laughs> i might have I, I might turn I that because i always yeah. include it yeah i might turn that around it's only down 24 homes oh it's funny <laughs> statistics just get in I the mean, way definitely especially with these these low sample sizes the, i think all the other markets we've covered it's been like the the smallest i've seen of single family permits is like 2000 or 2500 that we've yeah. covered so i was shocked for such a big msa that this is so low yeah. Okay. So, so something to keep in mind as well. All right. So uh, moving on to house price and rent. So I actually made a little bit of a pivot. So usually we, when we talk about the um, median price, median home price, we've been using Zillow data, but I found in, in John Burns data, they have something really interesting. And I think it really lends itself well to what you, what you preach on mm -hmm. your channel. And so they have this index called the entry level single family home price. And these oh, are nice. homes that recently sold for a price equal to 80% of the market's median sales price. So I know you're always talking about the oh, median yeah. and buying under the median. So going forward, I'm going to be talking about this entry level single family home price from John Burns. Okay. And so 
as of November 2020, that was $93,000, which is up 8.3% over the last 12 months. So I just want to play that out for make sure I understand John Burns. So 93% entry-level home, which is 80% of median, which off the top of my head means the median's like 112 to 114, something like that. Am I close? Yep, exactly. Okay. That yeah. is a good idea because that's that's... That's where I coach. That's where I talk about. That's where I teach people to invest. That's where you find cash flow, whether it's seventy-five or eighty percent of median. It's, it's. I think that that is a good number to know. John Burns. Eight, for, what do they call it again? John Burns. What? They call it their entry-level single-family home price. I like that. I like that. Okay. Cool. I like that one. Good one. And so the median single-family rent on those is one thousand one hundred eighty. Wow. So let me just play so, this out. So it's 93K purchase, yeah. 1100 rent. But remember, we talked about a median income of 30 grand. So that's 2,500. Well, that's, that's less than 50%. That's still, that's tight though. Okay. Yeah. Right. And so year over year rent growth there has been three and a half percent. Yeah. Okay. And our single family gross yield, just given that, you know, the single family rent 1180 and entry level single family home price, 93,000, you get a 12% gross yield, which is the highest we've covered so far. Yeah, I would think it'd be double. But again, folks, remember, yield, Excel, whatever you want to call it, cash on cash. Uh, don't get enamored with the Excel spreadsheet number. Do the work, learn your market. I never would, I would never approve somebody that follows me buying something without going to check out the city especially a city that's losing 6% of the population. There's a reason for that. There are areas that you don't want to be. Don't just look at Google map, you know, Google, whatever they call it, Google maps and street views. And, oh, look, I'm, I'm virtually walking around the neighborhood. Get on a plane, go spend a couple of dollars, go check it out. Because you can make great cash flow in Detroit, I'm positive. But you can also lose your ass if you're not careful. Very, very good advice. I love that. Uh, okay, so home occupancy rate, 92.1%. Yeah, that's where that. everybody's at, yeah. Yeah, makes sense. Yep. Some, of the, some of the more stable markets we've touched on, 95%. Okay. Some of these like higher cash flow, but you know, higher risk. Uh, 92, I think, I think it was like Memphis went down to 89 or something. Oh, that's so. right. Memphis was 89. Yeah, you're right. I remember that being different. Yep. Yeah, yeah. I think that's the only one we've touched that's been sub 90 Okay, let's move on to the qualitative stuff. So employment stats. The key industry clusters in Detroit include automotive, which everyone knows, mm -hmm. uh, defense, healthcare, information technology, and transportation, distribution, and logistics. Okay. Well, largest employers in the, in the Detroit region are Ford Motor Company, Ally Financial, General Motors, University of Michigan, Beaumont Health and Quicken Loans. Hmm. There you go. Okay. And the GDP of the MSA, which was Detroit, Warren, Dearborn, is over $237 billion, according to the Federal Reserve Bank of St. Louis, and has grown by more than 28% over the last 10 years. Wow. That's healthy growth. So wait a second. So the GDP grew 20, I'll call it 25% for easy math but the population rank 6%. Yep. And this is over 10 years. So yeah. 20, you know, oh, that's true. Yeah. 2010, which, you know, they were, Detroit got hit really hard during. 
Oh, I see. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So that's kind of like the bottom. That makes sense. Right. Yeah, that makes sense. Okay. Good to see a turnaround for Detroit. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Keep in mind that they got hit hard. Absolutely. Okay. So rental and real estate market stats. So in December of 2020, according to realtor.com, the sale to list price ratio, meaning homes in Detroit that like the, the price are listed at versus what they sell at 103%. So the average home was going for more than list price. Makes sense. In Detroit in December of 2020. Okay. Uh, median days on market for single family homes, according to realtor.com was 79 days. Hmm. And of the 175 neighborhoods in Detroit, the most expensive neighborhood to buy a home is Brush Park, where the median listing price is $464,900. Oh, wow. Versus the most affordable neighborhood in Detroit to buy a home is Franklin Park, where the median listing price is $35,000. Wow. Yeah, so big swing. Yeah, that's, that's 10x. So that's actually like 12x. Okay, that's disparity. Yeah, that's a huge market though. You said it was like four thousand square miles or whatever you said it was. Three thousand, I don't remember. Right. It was big. Yeah, I wonder how far. I wonder if you put those two on a map, how many miles apart they are via the bird crow flies or whatever you call it. I, I might look that up later. But anyways, I digress. I'm just wondering. I wonder how how spread out to 450k house versus a 35k house. I'm I'm just wondering. I'm guessing they're not next door. Yeah. <laughs> definitely not neighboring. I would be shocked if they were like uh, zip codes right next to each other. Yeah, I'd be shocked. <laughs> the places that that happens is like it, in Los Angeles, you see that a lot. Uh, I'm sure in San Francisco, you see that a lot where, you know, one neighborhood is, is it very sketchy? And then the next neighborhood is like mansions and stuff. At least in Los Angeles, there's tons of those. Yeah. All right. Quality of life stats. So Forbes ranked Detroit as one of the best places for business and careers in the U.S. in 2019, with the city home to a variety of companies in emerging technologies, such as nanotechnology and hydrogen fuel cell development. Interesting. Detroit was ranked as the number 115th best place to live and number 81 best place to retire based on research from U.S. News and World Report. Okay. And the, uh, according to niche.com, the best neighborhoods for young professionals and millennials in metropolitan Detroit include Corktown, Ferndale, Lafayette Park, and downtown. Yeah, this is, this is something I want to keep on. And as we do more and more of these cities is, is try to get millennial data. Cause as you've heard me talk about on the channel, I think the, you know, baby boomers move the markets for 40 years millennials need the respect and they're going to move them now. So I think that's, I mean, if I was an investor, it's starting now at, at 50, I'd be like, okay, where are the millennials going? I mean, that'd be like my number one question. Right. So I thought that's, that was interesting in case anyone's interested in Detroit, you know, some neighborhoods to like start checking out. So Corktown, yeah. Ferndale, Lafayette Park in downtown. And nice. then that same site, niche.com also lists Troy Bloomfield Charter Township Ann Arbor and Gross Point Park as some of the best suburbs in the Detroit metro area. Okay. So some other areas to check out. All right. Very cool. And that's a wrap. That's all I have for Detroit. Folks, again, uh, we do this every Friday. We actually talk at 930. I usually load the videos in the afternoon. Uh, but if you're interested in other metros, leave a comment below. Uh, Emil will uh, look at these weekly. And if he covers them for Roofstock, we will look at them up. Again, we have a whole playlist now. So go watch them, take a look, see what's going on. Do yourself a favor, sign up for Roofstock. There's a link below. 
that you can just sign up and go check it out, do your numbers, figure it out. And if you buy something, you get a thousand bucks back. So, uh, Emil, enjoy your day. Have a great weekend. Thanks, Michael. You too.